up, everybody, and welcome to the Tailgate. This is Tailgate Talks powered by the nation, and you're listening to episode 212 tonight. It's Thursday, February 1st, two-year anniversary of uh, Chris Beard's return to <laughs> Lubbock, which was a fun game, a fun memory for uh, me, Dustin, a lot of Red Raiders out there, so fun to shout that one out. Any fun, uh, Anything you remember specifically from that game, Dustin, besides the ass-kicking? I think my favorite video that I saw today of reminiscing over it was when that coward tried to sneak in as we were running out on the floor pregame. Yeah, yeah. And he had a he tried to sneak in without anybody noticing, and you know our team's running on the floor, so everybody's pumped about that. And he has a mob of like six cops with him, and his head ducked down, and oh, our students caught him right away, and the booze started coming. Yeah, couldn't escape that one. Couldn't um, escape this. Yeah, yeah I kind of went looked through my my phone, and I had a video before, kind of like after he's on the court, he's just kind of standing there. And I remember him; he looked like nervous and scared. Yeah, he, he was like, like this was weird. Ooh. Like it was, um, but yeah. So two year anniversary of that, a, a, a fun win for the Red Raiders. And of course, uh, times have changed a lot since then. No uh, kidding. Neither coaches at either place. Now. Two years and later. So, two years later. Things change in a hurry in college sports, but uh, we are here to discuss some more Texas Tech basketball as Grant McCaslin and his crew go one-on-one this past week, so we'll dive into that. And then, of course, the Texas Tech football 2024 schedule has been released, so we'll give uh, some quick thoughts on that. And so before we get into this week's episode, make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you're following the tailgate on Apple and on Spotify. Give us those five stars, five stars for the tailgate and if you listen to us on apple we always appreciate those reviews uh, also follow us on social media we are on twitter at tailgate underscore talks that's where we do most of our posting and interacting if you want to catch our thoughts during basketball games we'll tweet them especially if they're road games if they're home games might have some trouble getting some tweets out but yep. uh, we're always in attendance <laughs> for the home games, so uh tweets come as uh, the stadium allows us to send those but give us a follow there we're also on facebook instagram and we have a YouTube channel. And lastly, if you have anything you would like us to discuss on the show, any uh, comments, questions you have for us, you can always email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, last time we talked to you guys, the Red Raiders were alone at the top in first place. And, well, the week started off well, um, or last Saturday, I, I guess last week now. Time gets thrown off when you're talking about these games the way that we're kind of talking uh, about them. But Saturday, the Red Raiders started off uh, the two-game road stint with a win over the Oklahoma Sooners at 85-84 gritty win uh, on the road in Norman against the top 25 Oklahoma Sooners. They were number 11 at the time, but because they lost two, they dropped a little bit in the rankings, but still uh, important to get road wins when you can. And this was a good opportunity to get a quality road win. And you were able to do it. Dustin, uh, your thoughts on the 85, 84 victory over the Oklahoma Sooners. 
yeah, gritty, super tough type of win. Because, I mean, we were out watching that game and we didn't play good overall no. as a team. And, you know, didn't feel good about the game. But I said it a few times like, but neither are they. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, they're playing bad, but we're playing worse. We're playing <laughs> awful, but they're playing not good either. So, like, they kind of helped us stay in it. Um, so that was good. Shout out to Rivaldo Silva from SPC. He was their best player from OU that night. Um, yeah. But yeah, gritty, tough win. Never backed down. Fought the refs off as well. Because, man, we sometimes talk about the fishing, but that was probably the worst I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, that was it, pretty, pretty bad. It was Doug Sermons and them boys. So, you know, Doug was, was there. Happen. And yeah. then that light-skinned dude kept making Ugh. his calls were all over the spectrum it's like, like he felt like he had to keep up with doug sermons he's like i gotta he's like phantom he's trying to calls prove super late calls like touchy physical like it was all over the place you couldn't keep up and even we got a couple of them late and i was like where was it yeah. like so i'm glad it benefited us super late in the game I mean, it was pretty tough second, most of the second half to figure out what they were calling and play defense with it. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. Gritty. And then, yeah, fought the refs off enough to pull it out, man. The crazy thing to me is like when you look at the score and you like, man, we didn't play good. We had like a seven minute stretch and not scoring yet. You still yeah. scored 85 points. Like, well, we still had last, a 50 point half. Yeah. Like last year's team, if that happened, you're like, man, we did we break 60? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so it's just kind of crazy how this offense can really get going. Um, despite having, I think we had like a seven minute scoreless streak or something yeah. around there in this game, because, uh, you know, something we'll talk about after the TCU game, for some reason, that second half of the first half, the last 10 minutes in that half, you just forget how to play basketball. Like this second has half been for the first like, half. Got it. Second the quarter. Last, the last 10 minutes of the first half. You just forget how to play basketball. I don't know yeah. what it is. It's been like every conference game. This You have this stretch there where you're like, all right, you come out the gates playing good. And then for 10 minutes there, you forget. And then the second half comes and you turn it back on. So uh, it's weird, but, you know, you needed a good second half. You got it. Like you said, you yeah. were fighting the refs. They were calling everything for Oklahoma. Seemed like you couldn't buy a foul. The fouls on the stat sheet are actually pretty even, but that's because Oklahoma was fouling us for the last minute just to get us, right. to, just to, get us to the free throw line. I think they had five fouls, before, and so they had to foul us a couple times just to get us to the strike. Um, so it was a very weird game, um, but just kind of shows the toughness of this team and the ability to go in on the road, win this game, uh, and, and at the time, keep yourself atop the Big 12 Conference. Five wins, two on the road. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, even sweeter because this is the last time you're playing Oklahoma as Big 12 Conference foes. And so you get to walk out of Norman with a, a, a victory. And so that makes That's it. That's something else I had sweeter. written down was your last two games in Austin and in Norman before they leave for the SEC, yeah. you win. You win. So uh, erasing some of that. Uh, football <laughs> nastiness that that we left there you add add in a, a nice little basketball victory over texas a nice victory over oklahoma uh, and so that got you uh, up to number 15 in the polls after that game so that was nice but uh an, 
the big, the key player in this game uh, is Chance McMillan, and we have no to talk kidding. about him. He went absolutely off, 27 points, 10 of 13 from the field, and 6 of 8 from 3. Just an incredible performance from him. What did you think about this performance from Chance on the road? Yeah, Chance put the team on his back tonight, that night. That was incredible. He was, was pulling everything, making it all. But he also had like eight rebounds, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 27 so like, points, eight boards. He was getting a lot done for you. You know, we saw him go off in the Butler game as well. So, like, yeah. we got a lot of dudes on the scouting report that are like, shooter, 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 shooter. I mean, he, went, he went off again in the TCU game, too. For uh, Yeah. I think he had 19. So like, great for him. And I remember saying, like, one of the first weeks, like, He's a dude to watch. He's a dude to latch on to. And, man, yeah. he's really showing out for us. Yeah, we all kind of had him circled before the season. Wasn't really right. sure what we were going to get. But from everything we had seen coming into the season, he looked like he was going to be a guy. Uh, and just his consistency to shoot the ball at such a high level. I mean, every time he yep. gets the ball in rhythm, it, it feels Looks like so it's good. going in. It, it, it's a beautiful shot. Uh, he shoots with confidence. He plays with confidence. But he also can create his own shot, too, which is the other important thing. He's not just having to rely on guys getting him open. Like, there was one part, like, after you had gone on that scoreless streak, he just – you needed somebody to get a shot for you. He just goes, creates a three, drains it, and it's like, all right, you kind of feel better about yourself. Right. Um, and so he's kind of one of those guys that if you need scoring, you can turn to him and kind of feel good about, hey, he's going to get us a good look here. Uh, and you feel just all the confidence in the world that when he shoots it, that that release, the shot, it always looks like it's going in. I, it felt like none of his threes even hit the rim. They were just like, oh yeah, they were just nothing but net. It was so they were so pure. Especially that three at the end of the game that we we posted, we we clipped it and posted it uh, the next day. That sick pass from Pop to Chance in the corner. Where he had I still Darian. think it's going to Warren yeah. with yeah. him down low. It, it was such a. <laughs> Yeah, he he faked this all out and then hits Chance perfectly and right in the pocket and Chance, nothing but net. It almost looks like it doesn't yep. even go in. It was so pure. Um, so really impressive performance from him. He's been able to what, – what's cool about it is we, we talk about like role players and stuff like that, and sometimes role players, they, they play good at home and then they struggle on the road. Chance just like plays better on the road. <laughs> There's something like uh, to his game where I guess he just likes playing on the road. But uh, some other stats, Pop. 18 points, four assists, three boards, four eleven shooting, only one for six from three. So he kind of struggled shooting. Yeah. But I thought he was in control of the game late for you. And anything you want to mention about Pop's game here? Because he was able to get you line, get some fast breaks. We talked about that pass to chance. Uh, I, I thought he helped the tempo and, and really helped get you that win. Yeah, it's good to see him still putting up almost 20 points without making threes. Yeah. And you, you kind of saw the second half, like, they weren't letting him get anything on the perimeter. He started getting some back cuts and some layups and whatnot and free him up. And he's always clutch free throw shooter. So, like, he's finding other ways to get it done, get in the lane, get some floaters and some of those back cuts and stuff. And so, like, that's really nice and encouraging to see that he's not just, yeah you know, three-point shooter kind of dude. Yeah, I feel like if you read me that stat line from Pop kind of earlier this season or last year, it's like, wow, he only, you know, he, he would probably, if you just said 411 shooting, I'd have been like, all right, he had some layups. Um, but he might have, you know, kind of checked himself out of the game. But he was yeah. still 
playing hard, getting to the line. I thought, you know, some of those passes he had were pretty clutch for you. So I thought he had a pretty nice game when he and stepped up when you needed him to. Uh, clutch free throw shooter, uh, and, which is nice to say. It just feels weird saying Texas Tech has clutch free throw shooters. Uh, Warren Washington, 10 points, seven boards for you. Joe kind of had a little mini bounce back game, 14 points, six assists. I, know. Um, I mean, one decent game in this stretch and then kind of went back to the yeah. not good Joe ways here in this next game. We'll get to any other kind of tidbits from this Tech Oklahoma game that you remember want to talk about uh, getting this dub. No, it's good to get road wins, like you said. Like, you can win some at home, and we're already starting yeah. to do the math of like where we might fall. And road wins are just an extra plus in your in your bag, man. Yeah, it's kind of coming into the season. You count like, all right, what are the home games we have, and how home many games maybe minus one ish. Yeah, yeah I usually go in like, all right, you got nine home games. I'd say we probably win about eight of them. Or might stumble in one of those. Right. Um, this year, I kind of came in thinking too because I wasn't sure we were going to be as good as we've been to this point of the season. And then you kind of are like, all right, what are the worst teams in the conference that we can still, you know, get those road wins? But so far, you've beaten two of the top half teams on the road, so right. you feel more feel more comfortable <laughs> about being able to pull off some of these other road wins that you have on your schedule, which aren't like daunting tasks when you look at the other right. road teams. Iowa State, Baylor, those are like your two hardest road games. Other than that, it's West Virginia, Oklahoma State, UCF, who are bottom of the conference. So, uh, so some chances, and so nice to steal that one. And then you follow that up with another road game, uh, which was I, you know, at this point I had as charted as your toughest road game left on the schedule. Uh, TCU, who had just won a thrilling <laughs> three overtime game against Baylor, uh, and you go play on that god awful court, and yes. TCU uh, once again gets the better of you in Fort Worth, a place that you've struggled as of late. Yeah, what's the deal? Um, we have a great fan base show up, and then like, I feel like we haven't won there in quite a few years. Yeah, I, I think it's the court. I think it's the court, man. I think it trips. And we up. wore those awful gray uniforms. Can gray, we quit? This is not haters the mid twenty tens anymore. Uh, gray jersey haters, rise up, rise up. They rose up. Um, right. yeah, people hate the gray jerseys. Uh, I don't care. I, I really don't, but. Um, our recordism in them isn't great, so that's the only reason I'll be like, you know what, maybe let's just stay away. You know, the black you know, jerseys like pretty gray jerseys. Yeah. Like, when have we ever done anything good? I'm like, well, Keenan Evans against Texas last time. Think how long ago that was? Yeah, <laughs> two coaches ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm fine with not wearing the gray jerseys yeah. anymore. But that was literally like a last decade ago type yeah it was like when cliff came in and he was like we're changing up the jerseys and everything we're and we're wearing gray and uh, yeah i'm over it um hopefully adidas just was like all right we're gonna stay away and we're just gonna yeah we literally can't wear them again next year thank hopefully thank god uh i i don't get it when you have those like andre emmett throwback blacks that are just like Mm. super nice i just wear those man you have a really good record in you just look good in them too um (laughs) but anyways uh tcu Knocks off the Red Raiders Tuesday night, 85 to 78. This was a hard fought game. Um, came out of the gates, looked like you were in control, shooting the ball really well. Had your uh, last 10 minute stretch of the second half or the first half where you just forget to play basketball again. TCU yeah. switches, the, switches the game in favor of them. And then 
you just battled in the second half. Every time it felt like TCU was about to pull away, you still fought like till the very end there. Um, you still had a chance down in the final minute. Uh, if you could, you know, had a couple things bounce your way, but ultimately on a night where Micah Peavy has a career night, uh, TCU shoots the ball 55% from three. Uh, they're able to get the better of you. Dustin, your thoughts on the loss on Tuesday night. Yeah, another hard fought. Playing back-to-back in the Big 12 is also crazy hard. Yeah. <clears throat> so, kind of chalk that one up to a schedule loss, especially when it's against a good team, especially like same level as you yeah. also. And even if they're coming off a three-overtime game, they played a better team in one against yeah. Baylor. You know, so they have some confidence coming into this one. Like, so, pretty tough, terrible court to play on, but, like, this game was about, like, the controllables to me. So, like, I'm not looking at TCU shot 20% better than they do on a regular basis. Yeah, You can't control that. Micah Peavy went four for four from three rather than 25%. You can't control that. Sometimes dudes just get hot. A lot of their team was hot yep. this night. He'll never do that again in his He'll life. never do that again. He's only made three all year, and he made four tonight. <laughs> and the the problem is, like, the rebounding they crushed you on. Yes. You know, and especially, like, the offensive rebounding, they were plus eight on you. That's a huge margin. And then the second chance points, which is a yeah. benefactor of – you know, offensive rebounds, they were 14 to zero. The zero is a big problem also, but like the 14 to zero, like outscored 14 on second chance is crazy. And that's like, that's stuff you can control with effort and positioning, blocking out, like all that good stuff. You know, Robert Jennings not getting shoved around like a five-year-old, but like, that's what kind of irked me about that game was it's like, you're going to run into teams that get hot. Nothing you can do about that. But, like, we yeah. were still right in this game. We had within five points and three points at the very end. But you gave them many second-chance opportunities in offensive rebounds and whatnot, and you got zero of those. So, like, and, you know, this is also kind of one of those similar to the Houston game where longer, lengthy defensive yeah. guards and physicality kind of messed up your offense. Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought Pop played really well. I thought Chance played pretty good again. I thought Joe really struggled. This was probably, I feel like we keep saying this a lot, but like this felt like his worst game, eight turnovers. Uh, He just looked completely out of control in this game. Yeah, Silly turnovers, just like not paying attention, little easy passes where he was just throwing the ball away. Uh, and just giving it right to TCU. It wasn't even like TCU was having to try on defense on some of those things. And, like, that's the alarming games. You know, these last four games have been pretty alarming for Joe. It's like, man, are you going to get it together here? Because we can't afford to have you turning the ball over eight times and just handing them free possessions. And this was a, a team that you needed to keep from having fast break. They're one of the best fast break teams in the country, and you're just giving them layups. Um and so that that was frustrating. The rebounding continues to be frustrating. Um, you know, like you said, Robert Jennings, he's just uh, he's a waste of minutes right now. He's but a you negative. have to you have to play him because you can't play Warren forty minutes, right. um, and you have to have somebody to spell him. And Jennings is just going out there and he's getting bodied. He's giving up easy shots. He's 
he he that dunk attempt that he had that I felt like the refs called that out of pity for him that he didn't get fouled. Uh, guy got all ball, but he caught the ball wide open under the basket and he couldn't even dunk it home. Like I mean, he's just been brutal for you the last two games. Yep. In the Oklahoma game, he comes in and immediately just gives up a 5-0 run to Oklahoma and his right. three possessions. It's just he's brutal. Lamar can barely play, so you really have six guys that you can trust, and five of them aren't big. So I get the people bitching about the rebounding, but this is kind of what you are. We knew we weren't. We knew that be coming big. in. We knew All that coming season, in. Like we were going to be small, and that was with with Cambridge. Uh, Cambridge. And, and now we lost. Him. Yeah, pretty much our, you know, other big man. So yeah, like, you knew you knew this was going to be an issue, and I get that. Like, and, and maybe I got to go back and rewatch some of it and kind of find out: Are we boxing out? Uh, I've seen well, some team, people say teams are now like, like yeah. focusing on that. When a shot goes up, at least three of you need to get to the boards and yeah. get some hands on it, poking around because like you You'll can get the ball. Yeah, and then you know, just like we don't grab balls. You know, it felt like TC was just getting. Any of the kind of rebounds that got batted around and rolled around, uh, they would grab it. And so it was just a frustrating night, but it's not something you're going to get better at. I mean, you don't have the size. It's effort and positioning. Just, yeah, that that's the only thing that can change it. But I still think because of the size, you're still going to kind of get bullied on the boards. It's just, you know, are you able to get enough rebounds to, to help right. you out? And so far this season, you've been able to do that. It's just going to be – there's going to be a few games where it's going to be the reason you lose – that and they shot they made 24 free throws when you only shot 14 it felt like a pretty lopsided whistle once again in this game um that's just kind of big 12 rest for you when you're on the road especially um but you know we got our first flop call of the season um that sucked i thought they just did away with that call i didn't even know it still existed because they weren't calling anything like that and then pop shoots a three and like has nowhere to land. He wasn't flopping. Like people fall no. on the ground all the time. So everybody should get a flop then if, if that's he the precedent. He jumped forward a little bit, but that's pretty natural in a shot. It wasn't crazy. That's he didn't not, kick a leg yeah. out. The other guy, look where he jumped from and landed right in the in same the landing yeah. area as Pop. You can't that's do been, that. That's been like called a foul on us so many times this season. <clears throat> and that's a two-point swing because they get yeah, to go shoot a technical free throw, free throw mm-hmm. and we missed out on a four-point play. There's not even a warning anymore. It's just an automatic. Yeah, they're kind of like trying to not call anything, but like if they really see it, which I don't know what you really saw there, you should review it at least. Yeah, that's a if you're going to do that much. That was a terrible call. You review a lot of other shit. There's a lot of other pretty questionable stuff in that game, but what do you expect on the road? And Jerry Pollard, baby. Ultimately. Ultimately, like Joe's play hurts you. Your rebounding hurts you. The second chance points that you you said fourteen to zero that hurts you. But um, you know it's uh, one of those tough nights in the Big Twelve. You're going to have yeah. a few of these. This is to be expected. Uh, it's how you bounce back. And, and can you get better? Can you you know show a little bit better effort on the glass? Get some more rebounds. Create some second chance opportunities for yourself. We'll see how we learn from that. Uh, stats from the game. Pop. I thought he played pretty well. Uh, 25 points, nine assists, uh, assists away from a double double for him. Five rebounds. I thought he played pretty well. Uh, he was aggressive and attacking early. And uh, what do you think about his game? This is, you know, he's putting up a stretch here of pretty good games where he's just been uh, kind of next level for you. Yeah, it's crazy what he's done for this first almost half of this conference. 
yeah. play. Like we just turn around and see 18, 25, 30, 20, you know, no big deal. Like it's pretty regular with him at this point. So it's like it's hard not to be amazed, but it's like becoming so numb to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's becoming expected, which is what we wanted to see from him this yeah, year. Yeah, he came so. out on fire for this game. Yeah, he he came out of the gates. Chance came out of the gates hot. He kind of cooled off at the end. He got a little ankle injury or something that he's kind of yeah. dealing with. Uh, but he had 19 points, 5 of 9 for 3. Warren Washington, 14 points, 6 boards. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, Joe Toussaint, 8 turnovers this game. <sighs> Need to see that number drop significantly. He, he I, I don't know what it was with him. He was just did not look himself at all. Uh, in that game TCU shot 55 percent from three you shot 50 percent from three so like pretty even there three point wise I think really yeah. what got you like we said rebounding free throw line uh tough tough on the road but up next for the Red Raiders Saturday at five o'clock the Cincinnati Bearcats coming to Lubbock for the first time so that'll be a fun one to get out to the USA and uh, we get a, we got to use the Bill Belichick gift for the first time and actually mean it. We're on to Cincinnati. I was looking forward to being able to tweet that, so that was fun. Um, any thoughts on this game on Saturday? No, Cincinnati's played a lot of tough games and have barely lost a lot. It's kind of their welcome to the Big Twelve, I think. So, um, it's like every game I don't know is what a to couple think possessions. Of them, really, but yeah, they played a lot of tough and close games so far. Yeah, this is kind of one of those games where I think you, you know, you, you can't slip up. You know, it's typical Big Twelve where you, you know, you got to be paying attention to every game. They're a team that I think, you know, if you're not prepared, they can come in and make this a competitive one. What I would like to see is you just kind of go and control a game, not really have to sweat one out on a Saturday. That would be nice to be able okay. to go in, control it, get a nice, nice win here. Um, that's uh, you got another point. Yeah, I had a question for you that I thought of earlier this week. Like, you know, we've been winning a lot of close games, you know, outside of the TCU game, but more like number one or two in the Big 12 and a lot of offensive rankings stats right now. Um, but we've also seen us, you know, down 17, constantly give up 20-point runs. We had their, mm-hmm. TCU had a 21-3 to run you know, down in a lot of these games too. Like you look at the win probabilities of all, a lot of these games, it's not good. Yeah. Can, do you see that more of like us falling off because maybe we just kind of gritted some of those out and, or do you see us, Hey, we're better than that. We should be winning some of these games by like 12 points rather than, keeping teams in it which way do you do you see what i'm kind of asking which i feel like it's a more of like we're better than that it's like those little stretches that 10 minute stretch there in the first half that we keep having that that lets teams either kind of build the lead or come back on you and it's like if you can play a full 40 minutes i think you i think yeah. you beat some of these teams pretty handedly like if you played that whole oklahoma game if you take out that seven minute stretch and you play like you did the rest of the game I think that's a comfortable win. I think yeah. same with TCU. If you play a full first half, like if you play a full first half, if you don't allow that run, I think you win that game. I think like we're sh- proving to be a good team. We just got to figure out that last stretch in the first half, play that, not go seven minutes without scoring. Yeah. And I think you're going to be a much better team. 
time will tell. Like maybe maybe we did start the conference play hot and things might fizzle out. I still think you're a good team, and I think you know you're playing good thirty minutes. I think that's 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 the team that I think we are. Other than the ten minute stretches that we have that are allowing teams to either build a lead or grab a lead against you, and so hopefully yeah. that you know hopefully we're able to kind of figure out. <laughs> that weird thing of the last 10 minutes in that first half and, and get that straightened out. And this would be a good opportunity. If you can play a full 40 minute game, I think you can, uh, this should be a nice dub for you. And then you follow that up with another uh, tough road game. This uh, one against the Baylor bears in their new arena on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. 7,000 so, loud. Woo. 7,000 loud. Get ready for the tough camera <laughs> angle. That's a uh, overhead. Never oh. like those. Uh, Oklahoma State finally figured it out, and so Baylor f- was like, "Hey, we got you guys. We'll come in and do the overhead." Hired the thing. same so, guy to install uh, their cameras. So uh, another good opportunities to get some wins. Uh, win over Baylor would be another huge road win for you if you're able to do that. Really, just want to go see you compete on the road, be in these games against teams that are kind of around the same talent level as you. Um, but yeah, so big couple games here. You're still five and two. Uh, I think Houston has a half game on us because they've yeah. played more games than we have. So you're not yep. al- alone at the top, but you're still in the mix for first place. And these next two games will kind of help sh- determine uh, whether you're going to be in the fight for a conference title or if you're going to kind of fall into that next mix of teams. So right. uh, big opportunities for the Red Raiders. And of course, we'll be there Saturday and then we'll be back next week to discuss these games. Before we move on to football, we had a quick question. It was a fun uh, you know, sometimes Twitter comes up with good stuff, and there was a yeah. post the other day of what what player got you into college basketball. So we thought this might be a cool opportunity for us to talk about what player got us into college basketball, specifically like Texas Tech related. Yeah, uh, Dustin, I'll kick it to you for uh for your answer to this question. Yeah, I really like this, and I posted from our Twitter account like just kind of like as a tech collective. I think this new era of tech basketball started with Keenan Evans. Yeah. You know, you can maybe go tad earlier with Todrick Gocher If you got in a little, little early, maybe got in late and got to Jarrett Culver. But like, I think everybody's like Keenan Evans really got their, yeah. you know, fandom rejuvenated in this kind of team. Yeah, and I think you could throw like that whole group of him, no Justin doubt. Gray, Zach Smith, Noren Sodiasi, kind of into that mix because yeah. you know they were all kind of a part of it. But Keenan really, right? Keenan kind of jumping up to another level that his last year, yep, you know that shot against Texas, um, you know, really took us to a, a new height that we really hadn't seen. Uh, and he was in conversations for like Player of the Year, Big Twelve Player of the Year, like. Yeah, he should have got, got Big Twelve Player of the Year until he hurt his foot. Yeah, which kind of also hurt our season because uh, yeah. if he was fully healthy, who knows? Uh, you know how how far we could have actually gone. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Andre Emmett, um, and I think for a lot of Tech fans who like grew up in Lubbock, like that's probably where their love for Tech basketball started. Um, you know, and RIP. It's still crazy to me that he's not here anymore, but. You know, I, I liked basketball. I don't really remember much before Andre Emmett. That's when I really just kind of got nice. addicted to to any course. He had Bobby Knight, and we had a lot of fun players yeah. in that stretch. But um, I remember, like, Andre Emmett made scoring 20 points per game, like, so normal that 
I didn't realize how hard it was to for people for players to score 20 points per game in college basketball. Like what an achievement that is because every night it was like 22, 28, 29, 27, 25, 20, you know, just every single night consistency. Um, and he was just a fun player, you know, it was back in the days yeah. where you got to watch players grow up red Raiders and, and um, he became like the conference leading scorer, your leading scorer at tech and was just so much fun to watch. Those teams were fun, special place in my heart for those teams. And of course, <laughs> Like, wouldn't be the fan I am today without Andre, yeah. so that's my answer. My, like, personal one is similar. Another Bob Knight guy was Jay Jackson. Another yeah, dude who could on that list. Yeah. get 20 points, and it was like, you know, he was here when I was a freshman, 06, 07. That was my first time to watch a dude and be like, oh, that's a, that's a different kind of basketball player on our team now. Okay, sweet. And then, so, like, that was really cool, him and Martin. Martin Zeno were fun to watch yeah. those couple years. Uh, but yeah, then I and, scrolled through the rosters while I was on sports reference and it got mad. <laughs> took a turn after that, like 07 year. I think he made the tournament that year. Jay hit that cool buzzer beater against A&M and AC law. Um, took a yes. turn when Pat, Pat Knight took over and then Billy Galepsi and, <laughs> It was rough in there. Dark, dark times, but dark yeah, it's times. fun to it's fun to be competitive again at Texas Tech basketball, and um, that's what we're doing right now. We're in the thick of it, five and two right now uh, in Big Twelve conference play. Big one on Saturday. Every game in the Big Twelve is big, so yep, uh, huge opportunities for you Saturday to get another dub, and then we'll see what you can do on the road against Baylor. But uh, before we get out for the week, we got some Texas Tech football to discuss. So let's uh, talk about the Texas Tech 2024 football schedule. Turn here, Somebody turn on some damn music! All right, Dustin. Well, the Texas Tech 2024 schedule is officially out. We knew the opponents. We just didn't know the order that we were going to yes. be playing the opponents opponents so the 2024 schedule reads as such 831 first game of the season home versus acu uh you follow that up with your first and your one and only non-conference road trip of the season which is now uh going up to pullman and playing washington state then you've got three straight home games north texas arizona state cincinnati cincinnati come you get to play cincinnati for the first time as big 12 conference foes uh, then you head on your first road game to Arizona on October 5th. You follow that up bye week. Well, there's your first bye week of the season goes between Arizona and Baylor. Then you have Baylor at home, at TCU, at Iowa State, home Colorado. Another bye week. Get two bye weeks in there this year. And then Oklahoma State and West Virginia to finish off the season that Oklahoma state game is on the road, West Virginia here in Lubbock. So Dustin, your quick thoughts on this 2024 football schedule. First off, when did we get two bye weeks? Yeah. I, I don't know. Is that, I, I don't know what that is, but I saw that and I was like, that's awesome. That's kind of, I mean, it's going to kind of suck to have two Saturdays where you don't know what to do, but it's also kind of nice. Cause Hey, get two rest weeks in there, and that yeah, could be very beneficial a, for you. That, was, that took me by a big surprise because I was like, "Wait, what? Why do we have another bye week? What happened? Is there an extra week in the calendar?" <laughs> I guess maybe I don't know. 
Well, well, but, remember it's all different this year because this year is the twelve team playoff. So I, yeah, we'll I be. don't know. <laughs> um, funny thing about the bye weeks while we're on that, the two teams you play, Baylor and Oklahoma State, also have bye weeks before, so no big advantage gained there. You also play two other teams coming off a of bye week, um, and you don't have one, but that's what that's okay. Um. You have two a back to back against TCU and at Iowa State, like on the road. Mm-hmm. We also get freaking at Iowa State in November. Yeah, that was one of the first things I noticed was when is this Iowa State game? And our video kept playing and playing and playing, kept and we going. got to November, and it's like, of course it is. Yep. I would like to, if I could have it my way, I would switch that Arizona and Iowa State game. That's what I would. No, what, yeah, hell that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> but. I think we got really a really good schedule here. Uh, those middle four, Baylor, TCU, Iowa State, Colorado, are pretty tough. That's your, like your toughest stretch, I think. Um, but you have you avoid Kansas State and Utah, which are like the top two favorites right now. Arizona's going to be tough, obviously, but like you also don't have Kansas, who still has a lot of dynamic yeah. players, and. You see, they're playing in the Chiefs Stadium a lot this year. Yeah, I saw that because they're renovating. That's so. pretty cool. Um, and then you have like six of the bottom eight yeah. teams. So, like, f- pretty favorable schedule, I'd say. And then don't forget the fact seven home games and only five on the road. Yeah. Yeah, four of your first five games are at home. So, it'll be a busy uh, first couple months of the season. Oh, I already got time. us penciled in at five and one coming out the gates. Yeah, I, yeah, and, and, you know, Washington State's a team that because of the conference realignment, you know, I, I feel for them, but they've lost a lot of talent. So I don't really know what that team's going to look like. But, right. You know, I think, you know, the schedule, your home games, I think they're all super winnable. Your road games are I, – I, I feel like you've got some tough road games. Arizona on the road is going to be tough. They yes. might have lost their coach, but they've kept – Retained most players. of their roster. Uh, TCU, you know, that's always, you never know what that kind of game. Iowa State, they've got a, you know, had a pretty solid year last year when they lost a lot of players. Sucks you, playing there in November. Sucks playing there in November. Oklahoma State, off, of course, just played for a Big 12 championship. So I feel like you've you got right. a, a tough road schedule, but all those games at home, are I think, are pretty winnable. So, um, you know, hopefully it will be a good year with the schedule being dropped now, just without knowing much about this team yet, you know, without having, you know, spring practices and stuff. What if you have to predict now, what would your record prediction be? Oh, I just went through that first half and did a five and one real quick, but looking through the rest, like it's hard not to get up to nine. Hmm. Like it's hard for me not to hit that number nine. I think I got like eight and four, and I'm, I'm, you I'm asked having a eight and five. That's like well, a bye I, I week kept, threw you off. I kept buying. I, I kept like thinking seven and five, eight and four, <laughs> and I just you know eight and five, you know, whatever. Uh, um, I, I have a hard time, and my my reasoning is like I've seen some people do ten and two, and I was like, are are you fucking kidding me? Are we doing this again already? Right. Do you not remember what happened last year? We were all ten and two, eleven and one, twelve and zero. Can we yep, yep, relax? Yep on that um and and have just a pretty uneventful offseason that's what i would like um i just have a hard time picking anything over eight when you haven't done that in 15 years you haven't won eight regular season games in 15 seasons 
So I can't pick anything over that until you actually prove that you can win freaking eight games in a regular season. And I look at these road games, and I don't know if we can win a road game on the conference other than Washington State, maybe. But then we also saw us go and lose at Wyoming last year. So true. Uh, it's hard for me to go nine wins. I think you can win your home games if you can beat Washington State. You know, cool, that'll get you to eight. Maybe you can sneak one of these other two. But I just can't go anywhere over over eight until we prove that you're a team that can win eight games. Very fair point. Very, very fair. And so I ask you, Red Raider Nation, can we please chill this year? I know. As soon as it came out, the Kool-Aid was flowing. It's like we just we it's like we got drunk on the Kool-Aid and just forgot about uh, (laughs) we just went six and six. (laughs) Um and I'm also not a you know, we'll get into it more, but you know, I just have some reservations on Baron and some other things and so We'll see how I, it plays I, out. I think it would be good for us to be the the more reserved, yeah, underlooked team is a better word for it. Yeah, don't put a target on our back for no Rather than last year, we were the dark horse team. Yeah. I would like this to be silent. <laughs> I would like nobody to be like, Texas Tech's a real dark horse this year. Just forget about us, and then we'll see what happens. But anyways... Wanted to at least read the schedule out, get our thoughts on it, quick record predictions, and of course, once football season gets closer, uh, we'll dive into that a little bit more, but right now, it's basketball season. Uh, Football is coming close to an end, but uh, NFL-wise, and so yeah, that will do it for our Texas Tech coverage this week. Before we get out of here, Dustin, you got a final shot for us. I didn't really have much until this came up a couple hours ago that... Looks like Cliff might be the new offense coordinator of the Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Good for him. I'm actually, you know, this is the first hire that he's had in a while that I'm like, you know what? That's right that, where he should be. That's what he's he should He's a really be. good OC. He's a really good OC. And he's I got a pretty this, good roster offensively yeah. there. Yeah, so um, good for him. I, I can support this hire. Uh, and I'll be again. I can now feel like I can support Cliff again. I still feel uh, a little bit, you know, away from from his time here and kind of how he left the program. But step <laughs> in the right direction for him. Uh, my final shot will be the NFL playoffs. Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. He's done it yet again, heading to another Super Bowl, his fourth Super Bowl, uh, w- winning the. AFC championship against the Ravens on Sunday. It was not a pretty game by any means. Um, It was kind of a drag it out defensive battle, but it's finally Patrick Mahomes' best defense that he's had. Uh, And with the worst offense that he's had, he's still in the Super Bowl. Uh, So obviously awesome for uh, Red Raider fans all over to just keep getting to witness the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and he'll be going up against a familiar foe in the Super Bowl, a Super Bowl rematch of uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers. So excited for that next weekend. Uh, congrats to Pat and the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and all the all the people out there for getting the job done despite having to throw the ball to Kadarius Tony and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and uh Michael Hardman and all these terrible receivers <laughs> quit running reverses with Michael Hardman on the goal line see. one more Michael Hardman play I might <laughs> gouge my eye but out. 
you brought that up. I'm happy they're back just because of Pat and his legacy and stuff. Even if they don't win, just getting to another Super Bowl yeah. is another little notch in the belt. Um, and then, yeah, I'm excited for what they can do in the off season and redo their receiver room. Cause yeah, this is by far the worst offense. They have a good old line, good running back, obviously great tight end. And then great legendary. Rasheed Rice is good and he'll yes, get yeah. there, but everybody else can kick rocks. So go trade for somebody, sign a good veteran or two. Hi. Yeah. Quit, quit trying to trot out. Like you said, me and MBS. No. Although I will give it to MBS, he did redeem himself with a hell of a catch. God, but he tripped and oh, <laughs> when he tripped, turning around and started to fall, I was like, I was no! like no, again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, most shocking play of the season that he held on to that. But hey, you know, he I bet that shush felt really good when he did it. After it was crazy that they didn't score all second half, the Chiefs. Yeah. And we were texting like, 17's not going to win this game. It did, but it did. great for the defense holding holding the Ravens. Yeah. But damn. Shout out to Zay Flowers doing his best Michael Hardman impersonation. Man, he had a rough stretch there. Uh, yeah, rough stretch for receivers, and I bet everybody would put their money on it, it to be a Chiefs receiver. But no, it was Zay Flowers and the Lions receiver, Reynolds, who <laughs> are the receivers that everybody's yeah. talking about. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Mahomes. Can't wait to watch him play hopefully win another Super Bowl. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll be back to kind of touch on that, on whatever happens on Super Bowl Sunday here in a couple <laughs> weeks. But that will do it for us this week here at Tailgate Talks. Uh, make sure you're following us to catch everything we're doing throughout the rest of this basketball season. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five stars. Five stars for the tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, we always appreciate a review. Also, follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at Tailgate underscore Talks. Where we do most of our posting and interacting, but you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for hanging out with us this week, talking some Texas Tech hoops and the fighting Grant McCaslins. We'll be back next week. And as always, we'll catch y'all at the next episode.